Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. If debit is your go-to card, Discover thinks it's time you get rewarded too. So check out Discover Cashback Debit, a game-changing checking account with cashback on everyday debit card purchases. That's right. Cashback isn't just for credit cards anymore. Whether it's a movie date, flea market find, or midday latte, you can start earning cashback. And did I mention there are no fees, period? Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashback debit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. What's up, y'all? Helen here from Helen's Wines to announce that Dear Media picnics and podcasts in the park is just around the corner. And listen, I am hosting the second week of the series on August 22nd from 6 to 8 p.m. It's live, y'all. It's going to be so fun. I will be joined by my guest, the amazing and talented Jenny Connor. If you don't know Jenny, you're going to get to know her. She is an amazing writer, producer, director. She co-created Girls. She is unbelievable. Have you ever heard of it? Hello, Jenny Connor. Make sure you RSVP at thegrovela.com. I can't wait to see you all there. We are going to be dishing on all things, I don't know, natural wine meets Hollywood. See you there, August 22nd. Today, I'm so stoked because I have... This legend on my podcast, I have known him for years, back when I was a little young gup, little young manager. Aaron Sanchez is here. If you don't know who he is, shame on you, because you probably know, but he has had this amazing, inspiring career in the food industry that then started in restaurants with a passion and it sprouted from there. And in many ways, it just seems like he's getting started, which is so, so cool. He's a chef. But like, he's also a businessman. He has TV shows, TV personality, cookbook author, multiple books. What most people said to me when I told them you were coming on, they were like, I'm obsessed with Chopped. Aaron Sanchez, welcome. And <laughs> Charity Blanchard, also in the house. Yes. Aaron's other half. So Hello. excited to have you both here. We're both equally stoked to be here. <laughs> I mean, Charity would really uh, take the cake here in the sense that she just admires what you do. Millennial women kicking ass with their eyes to the future. So she has a lot of respect for you, as I do. And just a big fan of what you do, Helen. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah. Charity, tell us a little bit, because I didn't give you an intro. Give us a little, like, obviously you eat amazing food. You're with a chef. <laughs> what is, is your passion in food come from passion with a man, or was it always that way? I feel like my passion for food came from my mother. I have a huge family. I have five brothers and one sister. Oh, um, so snap. A, a lot of our— one of seven. Yes. Holy shit. I was shit. the only girl for 15 years. Then my parents adopted my baby sister from birth. Whoa. I was born and raised in Alaska and left Alaska three years ago, moved to Hawaii, somehow made my way to LA, met this man, fell in love, and moved to New Orleans. Holy shit. Yeah. Okay. That's unbelievable. I didn't really know any of that. I have so many questions, but we might have to do a spinoff podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> Just Charity Blanch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, wait a minute. Yeah. Alaska, Hawaii. Hawaii. That's how you're supposed to say it, yeah, right? Mm -hmm. I'm over-exaggerating it, but yeah. my partner Alex and I just went to Hawaii for the first time. On the <laughs> you guys actually sound really lame when you say yeah. it like that, probably. Hawaii. Yeah, we were like, we couldn't even do the like mahalo, aloha. I don't even know. We were just like, what? Blacks and beaches. We love this shit. Shaka bra. <laughs> yeah, shaka. Shaka. And then like, like we live in New Orleans, right? We're here with, with a, a big part of my team here. They're having a great time and enjoying themselves. But when people come say, hey, we're going to New Orleans. <laughs> that's when you know you're not from there. Does it you know? make your skin crawl? Not really, but it just, it's a cute thing. But yeah, it's, it's you know, New Orleans, like so many different great food destinations have such a rich a history and identity that 
Yeah, when you kind of belittle it to some kind of funky little term. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's like San Fran. Yeah, San Fran. Yeah, exactly. San Fran. Yeah. I used to say growing up, I was such an asshole. I grew up in New York. And I, people would be like, where are you from? I'd be like, the city. <laughs> okay. Yeah, me too. I grew up in New York City yeah. as well. I'm like, oh, you did? Okay, so you live in New Orleans. But I was curious because yeah. it's hard. There's not a lot of info. I didn't dig too deep. But no. can you tell me a little bit like, where are you from? Of course. How'd you fall in love with the food? You're like third generation cookbook author. Yes, I read. Yeah, okay. indeed. You know, just in a quick little synopsis, it's just you know, my mom, my grandmother, they grew up on a cattle ranch in northern Mexico. Wow. My grandmother was a sort of very visionary lady that introduced different flavors and sort of dishes and influences into the home because. They were kind of in an isolated area. Which part of? Uh, at Northern Mexico, like uh, Sonora, Chihuahua mm-hmm. area. So yeah. cattle ranchers and cooking was the way that they communed. And then my grandmother being very worldly and very smart and introduced all of uh, the family to literature and to symphonies and all this stuff. Food became the central part. Then my mom married my dad, didn't go so well, said, fuck it. I'm going to do the Tina Turner story, mm-hmm. giving my kids. I'm going to New York City chasing my dream to be a chef and I want my name in lights rolling on the river yeah and it happened that's amazing so that really provided the foundation for my love of food and I was exposed to the restaurant industry very young and that's really where the journey began was she cooking mostly Mexican cuisine yeah she came and it's very funny because my mom came in the early 80s to do this epic dinner with Paul Perdome Alice Waters wow and my mom and the idea was that You know, it was at Tavern on the Green, the most iconic restaurant in the country, highest grossing restaurant in America for 25 years. Hell yeah. And Warner Leroy, who was the owner of the restaurant, who lived in the Dakota, you know, two (laughs) floors down from John Lennon. Upper West Side, for y'all who don't know where the Dakota is. And I grew up. Central Park West. Exactly. And I grew up with Sean Lennon and I grew up with his son, you know, uh, Max Leroy. And he just said, America doesn't know American regional cuisine. So I want to bring it to New York City, the food capital of the world, and bring regional Mexican food by way of my mom, uh, California, you know, farm to table with Alice Waters and Louisiana traditional flavors with Paul Perdome. 1982. That's amazing. Yeah, and that's how my mom was sort of launched into the business. So did you grow up on the Upper West Side? Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Where'd you go to school? We grew up on 84th Street in Columbus, and then I ended up going to PS 166 on yeah. 89th Street, and then I ended up going to Anglo-American Dwight yeah. on 89th I, Street after, yeah, after that. This mm. is so crazy. We like grew up, we probably passed each other in the street. Yeah. Well, I'm a little older than you. Oh, a, a wee bit. Not that much older. Yeah. You look very young. Very young and, and young vibrant, and hopefully. Well, that's why you have a 32-year-old <laughs> girlfriend, millennial, that keeps me young and vibrant. <laughs> we are. Yeah. Isn't that cool? I know. I'm always like, people are like, you're technically a millennial. And I'm like, no fucking way. And they're like, yes, you are. You're the start of the millennial yeah. curve. Yeah. I own it for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but she also, you know, to Cherry's, you know, benefit, she keeps me very current and very active and what's going on, you know, from your podcasts to all the <laughs> other cool stuff like Glossier and all these little brands that I would never put on my face. But it's kind of cool. Glossier all the time. It's yeah. an experience. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it really, what, what Emily Weiss has done is really amazing. I'm no. very, very impressed. She's my hero. She, <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. No, I'm dying to meet her. I think she's so cool. Helen as well. So you're the hero. Yes. Is it- <laughs> so we'll do my heroine. We'll have us and Emily on here. We're going to triangulate this. We're going to all get together. Wait, so then how did you end up in New Orleans? Well, you know, initially I was having a lot of disciplinary and, and behavioral issues as a teenager <laughs> growing up in New York City. Don't so, we all? Are yeah. The New York kids. <laughs> yeah. So smoking too much pot, not yeah. going to school. And then, Same. you know, and then I was just trying to keep it together. And then my mom, you know, found me very incorrigible and <laughs> said, I need help. And then sadly, my dad had died when I was 13. Mm. And then I reacted very poorly to that. And then she said, call Paul Perdome in Louisiana and said, I, I got this boy and he has a lot of potential, but he needs to get right. He needs to be broken down. Mm. And I want you to break him down and build him back up. Wow. So she called Paul Prudhomme and I spent a summer there when I was 16. And it was probably one of the most impactful moments I've ever had in my life. And that's when my love affair with New Orleans was born. Unbelievable. Yeah. Oh. And yeah. so you live there now, but you spend time in LA. Yeah. Because you shoot two two shows? Yeah, I shoot MasterChef here and MasterChef you know, the adult version and the kids the version. The version's wild. Yeah. I've seen it randomly once and I was like, shit is bananas. Yeah. You know, we're Amazing. Here. But like, I'm like. No, it's crazy. I mean, you know, I'm a father of an eight year old. 
I have my business partner, Drew Mir, who has three crazy little kids, boys himself. So, you know, to come here to work in that particular environment and see kids striving and aspiring to be young chefs, it's really positive because mm-hmm. anything to get those damn kids away from the iPads and the video games and get them doing something positive, like understanding the process of feeding people and making them happy, I'm yeah. down for that. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that's why participating in these shows is not selling out as a chef. It's more no. getting America eating better, helping people find their food dreams. And I, that's why I'm so gifted and I think very grateful that I had this opportunity to impact people's lives that way. Do you think people have that impression that like when a celebrity chef does a show, they've somehow punched their card and they're like, it seems like an inevitable destiny for some people. Like it's a personality trait combined with absolute talent. And it's another avenue to kind of share that positivity with a greater audience. Yeah. I mean, some people do it better than others, I will say. I think you do it very well. Yeah, I appreciate you saying that, Helen. I mean, you know, you're a superstar podcast (laughs) diva that everyone knows about you. So, but you're still a wine. (laughs) You're still a wine, you know, person. That's your identity. That's what drives you, you know. And let's not forget that John and Vinny had two dudes catering on Food Network. (laughs) I'm talking about 15 years. They did it backwards. They did it the opposite way. Exactly. So let's not sleep on them. I remember that show. So the way that I've always positioned everything I do is that I'm a chef first, and then TV and all that other stuff is what we call in Louisiana Langyap. You Mm. know what Langyap is? No. I've never been to Louisiana. I've never been to New Orleans. Langyap is a little something extra, baby. You know (laughs) know what I mean? So when you come to our restaurants, Helen, with your partner, Alex, and the team... Well, yeah, you can order some stuff off the menu, but we're going to send you a little lanyard, baby. <laughs> and you have to say, what's up, baby? What's up, baby? All yeah. right. I'm going to be there. I'm yeah. so excited. So, so the TV is the lanyard. It's really a little something that's extra that allows me to transmit messages that are very profound. And for me, where it's a very positive tool is that imagine someone that lives in like Sioux Falls, Iowa, mm. that doesn't have access to Latin flavors or ingredients yes. and wants to get inspired and doesn't have that the sort of means. So when they see me on one of the shows and I'm talking to them about a chipotle rub on a steak and how this reminds me of my mom's cooking, that's something powerful. We're yeah. using the medium for something good as opposed to self-promotion. Yeah, you're going to you familiarize know? a generation of people with cuisine, flavors, spices, dishes that go beyond like the fast food sort of stereotypical tropes, like a crunchy taco at Taco Bell, I'm so sure, to speak. And I'm sure you deal with with wine, you know? Yeah, I you mean, know? all the time. How do you get people drinking organic wine, no sulfites? Uphill battle, man. Yeah. It's an uphill battle, but, like, you got to keep hammering away at it. And you got to hope that, like, the benefit of the education is so that you broaden your mind, reach new horizons, have new experiences, which is the same exact thing. Yeah, absolutely. I want to get the brass tacks out of the way. I just want to be like, listen, oh, this you. is Aaron Sanchez. Now thank we'll get you. to the fun shit. So you have your scholarship. Yep foundation that is creating opportunities for disadvantaged kids of Latin descent to go to culinary school. Indeed. Is that accurate? Well, it's not necessarily disadvantaged kids. It's just young Latino youth that want to embrace the culinary world. You can argue that, yeah, maybe they don't have the resources to particularly go to culinary school on their own. So we're providing that opportunity for them. Financing. Financing. More so than that, it's the opportunity to have access to this network of peers and colleagues yourself included, John and Vinny, so the kids can go in there and become leaders in the in the Latin food world. And that's what I want to create with the scholarship. And we're doing really well at it. We're about to add three more recipients to the scholarship this year. So I, cool. I'm here with, you know, my, Chef Miles, my partner, and Chef. Hi, and, Chef Miles. And everything that we do, and then Drew. And they go filtered through the restaurant, so they're continuing to grow apart from the actual culinary school part of it. That's unbelievable. Yeah. So tell me... Before we get off your restaurant, like talk to me about being in New Orleans. What kind of food are you making? How much is the culture there influencing the flavors? Are you trying to bring Mexican flavors and mixing them yeah, with the, French and Southern and that tradition and embracing it? Yeah. Well, you know, that was one of the initial things that we had to get over when we opened the restaurant. Thank you very much. <laughs> I wish all of you guys could know that we have... The wine diva of all wine divas <laughs> pouring wine right now. So I'm a very happy camper. Throwing pebble ice all over the place. Yeah. But the idea was when we opened the restaurant, we just wanted to do a great Mexican restaurant utilizing uh, Louisiana ingredients. So it wasn't a fusion of, you know, we're going to make uh, some sort of Mexican po' boy. 
or something like that. It was, no, we're going to do a proper Mexican restaurant, mm. but utilizing local ingredients from Louisiana. And, and that was the goal and the, still the goal right now. We have a heavy emphasis on tacos, obviously, because that's what our audience wants. So we mm. want to give it to them. Sure. And then we augment that with uh, composed dishes and different things that we do. But we're very excited. You know, we're going about to launch a new restaurant that's going to kind of be this beautiful sort of free-flowing restaurant that has beautiful dishes that everybody wants to eat. And, you know, we're not going to say the word gastropub, but it's going to be, you know, 30% inside, 70% outside, and just going to be fun cooking. And we're all going to get back in the kitchen and just kick ass and, and make yumminess. It's going to be an electric pub. Yeah, it's going to be cool. Exactly. Yeah, I and, love that. Yeah, so. So what wine pairs well with, my, I have my own thoughts on yeah. wine. The wine I brought today is Summer Ritual Wine. All right, so talk to us about hanging. So talk so us about had, We've had one. Mm -hmm. We had the Della Chanel Sauvignon. I brought stuff that's literally drinkable any time of day. Mm -hmm. And then we're kind of going to increase in seriousness. There's been so much talk that like I do and the zeitgeist about like crazy rosés that blow your mind and are complex and darker hued. And those are really cool. But then everyone's like throwing shade or not talking about crispier whites or clean, like pretty wine. It's all naturally made, but really fresh. So the first white, Della Chanel, made by mm. a couple, Loire Valley, Sauvignon Blanc, just like electric, something that makes you feel good and fresh and mm. you can eat it with food. I would definitely eat it with Mexican food. Yeah. That's just me. We 100% agree. Yeah. And then the one I just poured now is from Morocco, La Femme Rouge, and it's made from a grape called Cinso. Yep. And so I'll just interject a little bit here, but these two are like in the summer rituals are more in the pool hang mindset and the later ones are in other rituals. We'll get to, we'll get to summer ooh, rituals. Ooh, I, I love a ritual yeah. so much. But um, but the the word ritual is such is such a powerful word cuz mm -hmm. it means something that you do with purpose. Exactly. And I think that right there is is very symbolic in that respect. You set an intention. Okay, so in your restaurants, what are the wines, like grape varietal style, that you're gravitating towards to go with your flavors? Yeah, well, that's a great question. I mean, you know, by virtue of what kind of restaurant we have, you know, I'm always struggling with the idea of expanding my wine list and making sure that we can hand sell and do those kind of things. You know, the new restaurant is going to have a bigger wine program. It's going to have something that's going to be, I think, approachable to everyone. But, you know, I'm a selfish wine purchaser because I want to have a smaller menu, get through a lot of product, yeah. and then order new stuff. I think you know, that's smart. You know what I mean? So particular varietals that go well with our fruits, Dorantes, obviously, mm -hmm. that one crazy varietal from the northern part of Argentina, from the Salta region, it's kind of bordering Ecuador, it's tropical, it's luscious, it's mm. vibrant. So that particular varietal goes really good with a lot of our spicy food. I'm a big fan of Verdejo. Me too. I think Verdejo goes really well with our stuff, especially from that kind of middle, lower region of Spain, which I I really enjoy. I love stuff like Godello from Valdoras, mm -hmm. kind of the upper part of Spain, too. I think those varieties really speak to our food. I mean, yeah, am I more akin to a lot of the, you know, sort of Spanish flavors and Latin-inspired varietals? Perhaps. Yeah. Hey. As far as whites. Me as far too. as whites. Yeah. 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 I. You know, what's so interesting is I make a lot of Mexican food. Mm -hmm. I've learned so much about it in the last five years. I'm pretty obsessed with making salsa. Mm -hmm. I think it's like fascinating. I've learned a lot from my mother-in-law. She's mm. an unbelievable cook. Shout out Delfina Becerra. And uh, <laughs> she's the best. But she makes like the most amazing salsa and then you can grill it. Anyway, I feel like white wine and rosé and lighter body reds always go better with the Mexican food I'm making. But it also depends on the salsa or whatever sauce. Like you could make some sort of like and eat some sort of taco or mm. something crispy or barbacoa even or something like this. But whatever you're pairing it with always speaks to the wine that I would want to pair it. Yeah, I agree. That's the thought process about Mexican techniques like charring vegetables and roasting them mm -hmm. and bringing them to this level of bitterness and umami is so anti-thinking to a French cuisine where everything is very subtle and nuanced and it's not, poached. It's poached, it's, it's, soft. It's taking a butter bath. Exactly. <laughs> so it's very interesting. So that also sparks the conversation of what do you pair that food with? And I think wine people like yourself, and I, I consider myself in that group, it's a true challenge to figure out what wines are symbiotic 
and which ones make sense. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, but I, I have a question for you, if I may be yeah. so bold. Oh, yes. Okay, uh, touche. Uh, yeah, you've been uh, touche, and then I do shade <laughs> these guys. So <laughs> so where do you come up with these wine regions? Because we, we, we went to have lunch at Johnny Venezia's earlier on this afternoon. And then we were perusing and cruising the wine <laughs> list. Oh, we were taking a gander and a meander. Yeah. You I, got a Georgian rosé. Yeah, I had a Georgian rosé. And then now we're drinking Moroccan rosé. So yeah. how do you get access to these 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 particular uh, yeah. wines? You know, it's, it's a combination of a few different things. Mm -hmm. I think that I have amazing partners that I work with in the distributors and importers. And when you start working with importers, the way I always tell people to vet them or look at them is the same way an art gallery curates artists. You know, you might not want to buy all the art, but you appreciate it all because uh, it's on the same thought level. So like the best galleries, you know, take Blum and Poe, for example. Mm -hmm. I love their art. I love most of their artists. I would buy some of it, but some of it's like, eh. I'm not going to spend my money on that. It's the same with a winemaker joining into a portfolio is kind of the way I think about it. Mm. But then it's also being like laser focused on tasting, not buying something just because of its trendiness or because you need to fill a slot in your region. You know, a rep I never work with, we gave him a tasting appointment, not like, oh, I gave it to him. But I was like, sure, let's give it a shot. And he pulled out a wine and he was like, this is a filler wine. And I was like, what's a filler wine? And he was like, you know, when you need to fill in a gap. And I was like, there to me, there is no such thing as a filler line. I think it's about diversity. And I think, you know, there's we just got some really exciting wine made in Virginia, made mm. by Stillwell. Those wines yeah. are amazing. And I don't know how I do it, man. I, I just know. do we, it. We saw a wine. I don't even know. I'm like, I don't know. I just I, do it. Oh, man. But it's crazy. Like, you think about, you know, you had a wine from Utah. I saw on your yes. list. And then... You think about the whole Thomas Jefferson uh, Jefferson thing where he was planting Venice Vinifera here in Virginia. Now that you're, you know, getting that little wine from Virginia. I mean, I just find it fascinating. It's all happening. You, you know what I mean? What's crazy is there's so much wine made, grown and made in the United States. I just think a lot of it is made pretty poorly mm -hmm. and maybe not made to the ecological thought process that I would like to support. But it's a really cool thing that I think will evolve. Like when you think about the wine from Virginia and the Finger Lakes and all these different. Yeah. To me, it's like I can't just buy a Finger Lake wine because like, oh, that's cool. Or I know the Psalm who made it. It's like it's got to be good. It's got to be legit. Yeah. And everything that we do as well has to be just delicious. That's it. You know, oh, my God, that's so funny that you say that because I'm like thinking to myself, you know, Andrea Emmer, we talked a little bit before we started about you know, learning, you know, like anything else like food, you have to have mentors. And mm -hmm. Andrea Emma Robinson was my wine mentor. And at the time, she was one of the only eight female master sommeliers in the world. And one of the things that she said that was very poignant in her teaching was said, she asked the class, what's the number one most purchased wine in America? And where you know, everyone says knuckle things like Gallo or whatever. And then she answered, Kendall Jackson Chardonnay. Mm -hmm. And what she said about it, which was very interesting, she goes, your, your opinions aside, it's not that bad. <laughs> so the idea being is, if Americans are drinking that, the wine future and their palates are hopefully going to grow into something better. I hope so. so. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. we're going into something. There's cool. a lot of worse. To yeah, me, it's yeah, pretty yeah. bad. Sorry, Kendall Jackson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They also do like fake advertising, being like, we're natural. And I'm like, no, you aren't. Yeah, please. exactly. But I'm but, just saying, you yeah, know what yeah. my point? It's like no, Americans it's like, are drinking better wine, hopefully. We're halfway there. Yeah, yeah. And hopefully three quarters. I don't know. Charity. Talk to me. Okay, first of all, I want to hear your summer rituals. I'm also very curious what you cook at home. Yeah. Like what? I know you all are kind of homebodies. Mm -hmm. You like being at home. You like cooking. You like pool hanging. Mm -hmm. That could be a ritual, but I'm going to order takeout. Are you cooking? What do you guys do? It depends on how much time I have, to be very honest. You're a busy guy. Yeah, I mean, just... <laughs> I'm, like, exhausted you, just thinking about it. Yeah, I mean, you know, for me, it's like, just like we do in the restaurants, it's like, if we have big days the next day, we drink accordingly, we eat accordingly. we, we got to be in the right frame of yeah. mind, right? But when I have enough time to hit that little market that you have by John and Vinny's mm -hmm. in Brentwood, the one that goes on on, I believe it's Sundays, mm -hmm. that little market there, and I can go there and I can really sort of get into things and and sort of develop ideas from there, then that's a different scenario. Yes. But to be very honest, on a weeknight when I have to work and shoot, we're doing stuff like tender greens and getting grilled salmon oh, and getting salmon. And then we're doing 
like a very simple, you know, like barley situation on the bottom and trying to eat healthier. We're shredding. We're shredding. We're as shredding. I, as I'm trying to get older, but then, of course, what I have in our- We're doing in, crunches in between bites. Yeah, shit, I wish. But, uh, but no, the ritual is the fact that we have our wine fridge stacked with your wines, which is, I mean- Gamay, honest, for sure. Gamay. Gamay. We have Gamay Helen's all the Gamay's way, the all best. day. I love that. And then Thank we, you. And then we have- Yummy things in the fridge, like a little falangina, a little greco de tufo. Awesome. We're, we're playing with a lot of different kind of whites. She's not a big fan of the whites or the rosé. She's a big red girl, lighter reds, and then we'll bring in the big boys later on. Mm. So, yeah, grilling, tons of yummy salads. Ooh, So yes. bitter greens. I'm a big fan of, like, dandelion and escarole and Ooh, those kind of things. Like radicchio. Radicchio. Mm, I love it. With lemon yeah. and with salt. Lemon. And a little anchovy oil. vinaigrette. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, I'm coming over. Yeah, for sure. That sounds so good. So that that's kind of the rituals during the summer, you know, and doing that kind of simple sitting down there and we watch our crime shows. Yeah, so that's our deal. We'll sit there in front of the TV and we'll eat, drink Helen's wines, and then kind of move from there. Oh my god, I love that. Do you go? <laughs> I'm like, do you do the thing of summer vacation? It's way more of a thing than I realized. I feel like for a long time I was just put my head down and worked yeah. forever, endlessly. And yeah. was like, I'm going to build this shit. Yeah. Is that, like, for me, I've tried to be like, I'm taking a trip with my baby. That's a summer ritual. I'm going to do it. It's yeah. my slowest July, slowest month of year. So where have you and your baby <laughs> My gone? baby? Um, Is that Alejandro? His parents just named him Alex Becerra. <laughs> okay. So where, where, where's the little ritual that y'all just took? We went to Europe. He's a painter. And he had a show in Berlin. So mm. I went out there and then we went to Copenhagen. So like every spring, summer, we'll go like somewhere in Europe. Does he dress very European, like with tight pants and, Hell no, and lots no. of scarves or no? Hell no. Okay, no, no, no. cool. No, this guy, I, I, I mean, don't even know how to describe his style. When you meet him in Nashville, yeah. you are going to see he is not, like, he's not in the skinny jeans. <laughs> I'm just saying, dude, we're not judging, <laughs> but we are. No judgment. <laughs> no judgment. <laughs> No, he's the best. He's got the best style. He literally is. I love it. So what does Alex do and how does he contribute to the household at night? Does he cook? Does he clean? Or what What the hell does he do? So he's a painter. He's an artist. So he's an artist. Fine painter. He's Wonderful. represented by three galleries. Excuse one in Zurich. Me. Yeah, one in Chicago and one in Berlin. He has a show here in September, September 13th, if you're in town. You we'll come. be there. Alejandro. <laughs> Alex Becerra. Yeah, Becerra, yeah. He's the best. No, Alejandro, I like it. I'm going to call him that now. But he's like one of the most talented people. He also makes experimental music. He's unbelievable. He, you'll love I, I know you're yeah. going to love him. He's Wonderful. just a free spirit. You know, he's someone who... He's unapologetic for who he is and he absolutely should never apologize because he's so pure and beautiful and like smart and talented and honest. He can't lie. Yeah. But like he's also a badass and like yeah. lives on the well, edge. Well, you're you're also a badass. Yeah. So <laughs> and we all know that we take cues from women because they make us better and they make us stronger. So I'm sure you're doing that for Alex. Hell yeah. So Andrea Robinson, I just want to go back. Master Psalm. She's amazing. Shout out. I love her. Yeah, me too. I got to meet her once, work with her one night. She's amazing. She's who got you into wine. Yep. And then have you ever thought about doing like a TV show about wine or incorporating mm. that more into the what was the word you used? The little extra side uh, nub? Uh, no, uh, langyep. Langyep. <laughs> side nub. I'm like, you yeah. know the extra army group? Yeah, the langyep. Langyep. <laughs> well, I, <laughs> it's very funny because, you know, uh, we're, we're in a room with a lot of people that I love and, and care for and respect. And when we, call, when we have get-togethers, it's wine. It's not bottles. And, and we're not throwing down like that. So that's the one kind of uniting factor is that the, our love for wine, how much we appreciate it. So it's not very uncommon for us when we get together and just have many different bottles of wine open. And then we're just tasting and having conversations. So Andrea Emmer was very influential in the fact of teaching me, you know, the nuts and bolts, you know, and then the world of wine will open up. And that was the biggest thing that she taught me. And she said, you know, she bases a lot of her teaching on on six varietals. Mm. She goes, you got to master Riesling, Sauvignon Blanc, and Chardonnay. Mm. You got to understand Pinot Noir. You got to understand uh, Cab and Merlot, and then Syrah. So if you can master those particular varietals, you'll really get a good grasp of the world of wine. Yeah. I, I Windows you know, on the World yeah. is my favorite intro wine book. I tell yeah. all my baby psalms. Yeah. Baby psalm. We got a baby psalm. <laughs> One day you'll get, to, you'll get to come, you know, you get get taste the good stuff. <laughs> yeah. Premier crew coming your way. Wait. Yeah. You, you love music too. Yes. Music is a big part of your life. Is it for both of you? Absolutely. 
Yeah. What kind of music? Tell me. Break down records, CDs, MP3s. Well, we have a. We have what a, are we doing? Uh, we have a lot of friends. Streaming. Are, we have a lot of friends that are musicians. Okay, and, and so maybe we'd know some of them. We don't need to name names, but like. No, we do. Are they? We're, okay. we're Latin. We like to. We like to. <laughs> We like to talk a lot of shit. So Let's we'll tell everybody that's famous around us. So we're dear friends with, with Caleb uh, Follower from the Kings of Leon. Well, I understand that you'll be out there in Nashville. Yeah. For uh, Music City. Everybody in Tennessee, we're doing Nashville Music City and Food and Wine Eats Festival. You fucked it up. I it's did. Music City Eats. Music City Eats. Okay. Yes. Right. Music City Eats. I'm doing two wine classes, which is going to be dope. I'm so stoked. There's limited tickets. I think there's like 150 seats in each. So you got to get them. Now, what are you doing? You're doing probably a bunch of stuff. No, we just do a demo, I believe. And then we do the Harvest Night, Ah, which is a big cook-off and kind of meet and greet. A bunch of great chefs are cooking. So it's a lot of fun. Oh, my God. I can't wait. And it's your birthday. It's my birthday weekend. Did you go last year? I've never been to Music Ah, City Eats. Oh, my gosh. We're both virgins. I'm excited. I can't wait to wear cowboy boots. Yeah. Okay, we're not virgins. Already planning my outfit. (laughs) We're tennis. Sea okay. I'm like, how do I sneak in Blackberry Farm at the same time? Yeah, that's the key. Right? That's yeah. the key. Yeah, but, I don't uh, know if that's going to happen, but we'll see. I mean, just to answer your point, yeah, we all love music. And I think anybody that does something creative is in, inspired by other facets of art. Yes. I think that's without a doubt. I mean, obviously, Alex tickles your pickle, not just <laughs> with who he is, but also with his art, I would imagine. Of course. And, yes. and the same thing with us. Music is a big part of our household. And because of that, we've got to know a lot of really great musicians that love food. Uh, Caleb, you know, Kings of Leon, his wife is Lily Alridge, you know, uh, the top model for Victoria's Secret and all that. But they love food. That's so real. You know, and yeah. then when we were kids growing up, my mom was really dear friends with Robert Palmer. Wow. Simply irresistible. No way. And he was a huge music fan. And he would eat this Mexican flavors. And he's from England. He was like... This is amazing, mate. <laughs> and then he had like four martinis and passed out on our, on our sofa. It was just so cool. <laughs> yeah, it was simply too damn spicy. You know, like, but, oh, whatever. But it, it was just a cool way of growing up and seeing how many artists. And they, if you're in that world, you just appreciate food and wine so much. Yeah. So, yeah, pretty needle burrito kind of thing. I so, like needle burrito. Yeah. Well, you're I'm a parent, so you have to say stuff that doesn't have curse words in it. Yeah. <laughs> You know, it's a, we're keeping it PG on this podcast. Moving yeah. forward, moving exactly. forward. Bull shiitake mushrooms. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> well, also like Master Chef Junior, you got to keep it like a little. Yeah. Wait. So, do you ever develop like weird ass people on like Chopped? Does anyone get any weird with you or stalkery or like what the fuck, man? Or sorry to your no, 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 no. don't listen no, no, to no, wine no, face because no. you can't drink. No, of course. <laughs> what the shishito, yeah, man? What, yeah. <laughs> No. It must be like crazy because I mean you're recognizable to like you're famous in a realm in a in a food world. I and never- by the way, I didn't want to be famous. I wanted to be the owner of my own restaurant and the captain of my own ship. And I know it's almost cliche nowadays to say you know that, but for me, it was just literally about that. Mm-hmm. And. uh I feel like if you're really good at your craft, all this extracurricular stuff will come its way by way of your podcast. You didn't come in. It's a gift from someone upstairs. Exactly. And you didn't come into the wine industry thinking that you're going to have this, the most successful wine podcast (laughs) anywhere in America. That's right. We're trending. We're trending. You heard it here first. Our own Sanchez. Or probably in the universe. (laughs) So, I mean, who's who's to say that extraterrestrial forms don't like good wine? But... (laughs) But my point is that this is, is my that, life every day. Yeah, I love it. it's great. No, but my whole thing is that you came in this because you're great at your craft and what, that's what you want. So, with that being said, okay, but Freaky Friday moments. Oh it no, it must no. get weird. Oh my god, let me tell you. It must get so crazy. I, I think just I'll sum up real quick with one very brief story. We were doing chopped in its early days, and we had a dude that came in there had the only sustainable sushi restaurant anywhere in America. So what does that mean? <laughs> that means that you're making uh, nigiri with carp or <laughs> trout or, or or some nasty fish from catfish. some lake. Catfish. Because <laughs> you're going... So in that respect, it's super weird already, but it gets better. <laughs> so we get our boy who comes out, very traditional Japanese name, you know, uh, Hiro, you know, Yakamoto or something of that nature, please. And he rolls up, but he has a Western outfit on. 
speaking in a Western draw. No way. So he goes, how the hell are you, chefs? That's crazy. He goes, very excited to be here. No way. But dude, Japanese! Alex, Japanese! I'm talking, talking like John Wayne. But like intentionally? Yes. Like, like that was his, his whole accent. thing. But like he was like he was in like, this persona. I'm going to be John Wayne. Well, you know, like there's an obsessive subculture yeah, in Japan. Yeah, I love Western. With like Americana yeah. and Western and Wrangler and all that shit. Yeah, this dude totally embodied that. And, and, and he actually creeped people out. And, <laughs> and to the point that I thought Ashton Kutcher was going to come down and say, you've been punked. It was like we were there <laughs> at that point. We were almost there. By the way, that show was so good. It was, like, it was like, part of my formative years. Yeah, like it totally. was so yeah. insane. I was like, this is so dumb, but so good. This wine is amazing. Okay, so I gave you the Le Corti. This is the Astromay. This is one of my favorite. It's a current obsession of mine. And I feel like it speaks to red wine drinkers. I didn't bring any red wine, Charity. I, had, I knew okay. you love Gamay, but I was like, I've been talking about these wines and I have been ignoring a whole like light rosé, dope-ass white wine. And we've been building up a crescendo. So we've been having kind of like, I don't want to say basic, but more like entry level Ooh. wines up until this moment when the boat got shook. And this is made in a part of France called Bougie. And Bougie's like pretty well known. It's Bougie. No, Ooh. it's not Bougie at all. It's, uh, it's Brown and Bougie. Yeah. That's our, that's our hashtag. <laughs> really? <laughs> Just made that up. <laughs> yeah. Today, today, when I post the video for this Ooh. episode, I'll be like, no, I probably won't because people will be like, what do you mean by that? Man, social media. But it's a blend. So Bougie is kind of like near Savoie. It's sort mm. of higher elevation. There's a famous semi-sweet sparkling wine from there, from Bougie Serdon, which is like a yep. very specific area. This is a blend of Altesse, Chardonnay, and Gamay, strangely yeah. enough. So a little bit of a red, like 10%. To me, it is one of the most like seductively soft wines I've had in a really long time. It does. And you beautiful. said the right word. You said seductive. Yeah. It has a little cheesiness yes. on the back, which I really dig. Yes. It has that little bit of that, yeah, the cheesiness and the acidity that's in a very unexpected way. It like moves like honey. Like yes. a Like a beautiful dolphin pack. Yeah. Just jumping through your palate. But it's not sweet, but it has this like luscious ripeness to it. Yes. And I feel like it's a great wine for like a summer ritual of mine is I like grilling, which is yeah, so cliche, but like whatever. It's no. it's mankind. That's what we do. Yeah. Or womankind, right? Absolutely. People I was kind. about to say mm -hmm. women Womankind. rock the grill. <laughs> yeah. That's all I'm saying. Dude, I love so, to grill. I just yeah. did like all this kebab work. It was amazing. Like different marriages. <laughs> work. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> Yeah, I just did all this kebab work. <laughs> Working hard on my bobs. Uh, <laughs> no, I like joke. I was like, kebab life chose me, but it did. It really, it really did. That's and a great t-shirt. Nailed it. Nailed the bob life. Just grilling everything. Great t-shirt. We're going to make it. Yeah. We're going to make, this is the start of a beautiful something. I, like friendship for sure. But, yeah. And that um, ritual. And the ritual. And like just trying things I've never done. So I've never like marinated lamb, cut it into the pieces size I want to do. Because like the fucked up thing people do with the kebab, and I've talked about a kebab earlier, so it's clearly it's a ritual, is they make the pieces too big. Yeah. It's like you want like these small little nuggety pieces that you could just like eat them bite size, like popcorn shrimp is my dream. Yeah. And then the vegetables are too dense or too yeah. small. And yeah. And they never cook and nothing cooks evenly. And it's mm -hmm. like you should just really do it differently. But I had never really marinated chicken and yogurt. I talked about this yeah, on the podcast, wonderful. but that was really, really cool. You can go back and listen to that podcast. I, I think will. it says Kebab Life Chose Me. But No, but the, you know, you're right. The idea of the natural enzymes and yogurt, it tenderizes it. Yes. It's the same way if you were to put papaya, oddly enough, or kiwi into a marinade. Those natural Ooh. enzymes will help break down something that could be potentially tough. So that's just something that, you know, a little bit of something that if someone wants to be adventurous with their, their marinades, yeah. Oh, we're going to get marinated on it. I was yeah, watching yeah. Gordon Ramsay's new show. We just watched an episode of it, Uncharted. Yeah. And he goes to Peru, which yep. I've never been. I'm dying to go. Yeah. But they go to this like sub-microclimate tropical forest that's at like 11,000 feet elevation, mm. but it's tropical because of the microclimate. And there's these insanely tall, 100-year-old mango trees. Yep. And I was like, that looks like the best fucking mango of my life. Mm -hmm. yeah. Get on the plane. Maybe yeah. next summer. Maybe we'll all go together. Yeah. The, you know. The Mecca. Yeah. I mean, you brought up Gordon. and Just, you know, the idea of being able to be 
having rituals is that, you know, my ritual is going to work with him and having that pleasure of being mentored oh, yes, through Chef. him and yes. Master Chef. And that's currently what I'm focusing all that part of my 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 work in right now. And it's it's very, very insightful, very interesting. And one of the things for all those people that love food TV and just to kind of give you a differentiating point of what, what makes MasterChef different from something like Chopped. Well, here's the deal with MasterChef. They're with us for two, three months. No way. Yeah, it's a journey. And regardless if they win, lose, or draw, they're walking away with, with technique, exposure to ingredients, learning how to cook for people in a restaurant setting. There's a lot more enriching factors behind that where in Chopped, sadly enough, you just kind of put them in and out. You know, you have a brief moment with You're them. You're chopped. You're chopped. Yeah. And there's no mentoring happening. No. Yeah. And it's that's, very judgy. It's very judgy. It's, it's like, like you're hot, you're not. Exactly. Yeah. And that's what I appreciate about the whole MasterChef. So three months. So do people like leave their lives and come out to Los Angeles, I'm assuming, and then they just like are pursuing their dreams? What's the prize? Like if you win. Yeah, you get $250,000. Damn, seriously? So a quarter, quarter mil, mil. Yeah. I mean, let it blingy bling. I mean- <laughs> For people in this room, that might be chump change, but for some of us, <laughs> I'm, like, that, I'm like, which people? Yeah, exactly. Point them out. Exactly. I, know. I have but, some words that are like, yeah, we yeah, have yeah. some sponsor spots we're trying to fill. Let's expose those people. I'm trying to pay my mortgage down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but the idea, shit. The, 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 no, but the idea is that, yeah, you get. To, <laughs> you get the seed money to be able to go chase your food dream. No, and, I, and, and that's that super is, huge. That gift is unbelievable. Yeah, and that right there in itself is super important. And then the idea, obviously, of the title, but more so it allows you to have a platform to be able to chase your food dream. Mm. And what I really encourage a lot of the winners and people that are close to getting that is to say, look, you don't have to be a restaurant chef. Yeah. And this is what I want people to recognize now. And I think you... Helen, have a beautiful opportunity to do the same thing with wine. I encourage all people that go to culinary schools or wine programs to say, the expectation is not to be a restaurant chef necessarily, but you can go explore your love for food in so many different facets. You can be a, a personal chef. You can be a food stylist. You can work behind the scenes in a catering division. So you can really cultivate your love for food and not that 10 percentile of sweating your ass off every night in a restaurant and hoping for the best. So that's what I encourage everybody to do. You know, Fuck, yeah. yeah, chase your food dreams and don't think of it, it has to be in a restaurant or, or you have to be a master psalm no. to do it. You oh. know, you know. Man, I turned my back on that. Pro I mean, it was a mutual decision, I think, ultimately. I was not built for that program. And that program was not built for me. My brain, I don't learn that way. So right off the bat, like I know flashcards, like that shit. I know myself and I knew myself in school. Like, and I have a lot of respect for master psalms. It's a crazy amount. But, you know, I thought I needed that in the very beginning. Before I met John and Vinny, I thought I needed that for someone to let me run a wine program. Like yeah. that was the messaging back in the day. This is 10 years ago. And they are two people who were like, do you know what you're doing? And I lied and I said, hell yeah, I know what I'm doing. They're like, do you know how to like buy and sell? And I was like, Hell yeah. No, I had no idea. I'd like worked mm. as an apprentice, but I didn't know I was so scared, but I figured it out, you know, and I yeah. think that's part of it. You carve your own path if no one's going to give you the opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Last wine. This is Trebbiano di Abruzzo and it's made, it's a little funky, but it's made by Robasco. Yes. And uh, it's the Cancelli. Yeah, yep. So it's very like iconic natural wine, but it shows a little bit more of its like funky natural side as opposed to... The one we had before is like all finesse. It's like all stilettos and like leather pants. And this one's just kind of like, I got Burks on and I'm driving yeah. to San Francisco. No, this is popcorn. Mm -hmm. 100%. It's, yeah, I'm right? Yeah. This is not popcorn. It's 100%. super popcorny. Yeah. And, and it's it's it has just a beautiful bouquet in that respect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the color is just unbelievable. It's like yeah, yeah. goldenrod. So cool. pretty. Goldenrod. Golden okay, Seal. Okay. Echinacea. Uh, <laughs> Helen, let's keep this. This is a family show. I mean, she golden rod. Okay. Wait, All isn't right. that like a herb supplement? No. 
It doesn't it grow fields? No. <laughs> All like, right. Where did you grow again? <laughs> okay, non sequitur. Okay, we're all good. Uh, no. He's so I was speaking. Of, <laughs> speak, freaking out, guys. He's freaking out. No, no. But speaking of that, what are some of the funniest ways that you've encountered of people describing wine? Because we all hear all the cliches and we all hear all the funny kind of pretentious uh, catchphrases when it comes to wine. Yeah. I mean, I think I don't want to say they're funny. I think that people just think they know what they know or know what they want. And the descriptors are like misaligned. Mm -hmm. So they're going to say like, I like full bodied reds, but actually they like dry red. Or I like something that's jammy and it's really they want like a gamay because it's like fruit driven, but it's not weighing you down. I mean, I've been really fortunate either like I've got that water rolling off my duck's back thing down Mm. pat, but I used to encounter a lot of pushback early on, especially at Animal when I started and Mm. people thought I was the hostess. They'd be like, is there anybody else I can talk to? You know, I'm just sorry. As as a son of a a female chef, that kind of misogyny and nonsense pisses me off. Yeah. It's crazy. Or they would be like, you don't have like X Cabernet from Napa that I recognize. So all this wine is shit. And I was trying to sell people like Paula Bea, you know, like these wines are amazing and they're going to give you the same thing, but they'll go with the food. You know, that's the thing when you're in a restaurant. Oh, sommelier needs to check the ego. You were in a restaurant. You need to be second chair to the chef. It's an orchestra. Yeah, you're, but you're, you're also a salesperson. Yeah, you're of a salesperson. Yeah. I think, yeah. And at the end of the day, you need to move product. I mean, you want money in the bank, not money on the shelf. That's been the hardest thing to wrap our heads around with retail. Is like you have to have a certain amount of wine, and we've been very lucky and fortunate to be doing pretty well. But you know, it's intimidating when you go from running like an eighty bottle wine list. But nowadays, people come in and you know, they throw natural wine around a lot. And people don't stop because we are really happy to break down what do you mean by that? Because a lot of times they're not actually looking for like a super natty wine like this Robosco or they're not looking for something that's unfiltered or cloudy. They just want something that's not fucked up and they want something that is made really well. They want organic farming. And and they want something that, that's not mainstream and something yeah, that, that something is, cool. tastes like everything else. Mm-hmm. And something interesting. You know? and, and that's what we love. Like I, I literally, we go to your, to Helen's, to the retail aspect of what you guys do and I just love the fact, like I can imagine somebody literally like the old Greek style where they're just throwing the stems and yeah. the, and everything into this pot and letting it ferment. And I feel like I'm connected to history yes, when I have you your are. wines that you select. And I think that right there is something that continues to have us come back for what you you uh, put. No, honestly, so seriously. Seriously. And I just think it's really beautiful the way that you design what you do because it also challenges me as a chef because it's so antiquated, but it's also so new because it's such a hard wine pairing. You know, to, for a chef, like yeah. how do I serve food with natural wine that's been done 2000 years ago? Kind yeah. of thing, you know? No, it's how wine used to taste. Exactly. But the other mm-hmm. thing I say to people is like a dangerous aspect of movements and fads. And, you know, now it's like there was the foodie movement. And now it's like whiny movement. Like it's all happening. It's all cyclical. People just want to know more because the mm. access to information is increasing. Mm. But like not all natural wine is good. Yeah. It doesn't matter if it's made well. Just like not all chefs know how to cook organic food well. At all, you know, yeah. I'm like, wait, what? Not, <laughs> not in this room. Yeah, but, but yeah. it's true. Like you can take the most beautiful ingredients, spot prawns from Santa Barbara, and someone could definitely fuck it up. Yeah. Same with like beautiful grapes. OK, one last question for Aaron yes, and Charity. First of all, thank you so much for being here. I want to stay here all afternoon and you talk can. with you because you, like you, you are pretty amazing. Your, uh, yeah. your assistant was like, we're putting this shit in the cow. And I was like, I operate by a cow. I know what that means. Yeah. You are on a sketch. No, but we're just, before anything else, thank you so much. This I mean, Helen. Hard. You are so welcome. Thank no, you. No, you Sincerely. are just amazing. We love John and Vinny. We love everything that you guys do. You guys stand for something that's so important, and that's just uh, cooking food and, uh, and providing a wine program that is something unique and truly you guys. That's why I come back to the restaurants so many times. I mean, think about how many restaurants are in LA. Lots of times. We yeah, go yeah, yeah. to John and Vinny's, gosh, once or twice a week. They're amazing. Twice, yeah. twice. I mean, but I, they everything. They know everybody. Yeah. Sure. They're family. For you sure. guys are yeah. your family. Yeah. What is like, maybe you don't have time right now, but what is your fantasy trip together? Where do you want to go in the next year? Like country, town, mm. it could be somewhere in the States. I don't know. Just as, do you have one that you 
I feel like I always have a fantasy trip that I'm. Uh, yeah, I mean, I th I think it has to center around food and wine. Yeah, we're not going to go to some beach destination that has shitty food that's been sitting on some kind of dock <laughs> for you know for a week before we actually eat it. So as much as people love beautiful environments that have beaches and all that kind of decadence, for us it's more about food destinations that we know we're going to have fresh food, great wine. So Europe is something that really speaks to us. She just came back from Copenhagen like you have, Helen. Oh, for fun? Yeah, for visit. My sister-in-law lives there. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah, but I think the dream vac the dream trip that, I, I mean, at least I would like to take, and I'm sure that hopefully you would rally behind it <laughs> since I'm paying for it. No, I'm just joking. No, 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 we're collaborating. No, I'm just joking. Babe. Anyways, Every day of your life. Yeah. Every day of your life. No, I think, I think the trip that, that for me personally, I think would make a lot of sense is that I've never explored Scandinavia. And yeah. I, and I want to go. Yeah. I really want to go. go back. Like I, Norway, I'm a, Sweden. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm obsessed with Vikings. I watch it, the show. I, oh I'm gosh. like, I'm like crazy about he it. He has it download on Netflix, on YouTube. Vic Vi Vikings what, is his, like the show. show. Yeah. The oh, show Vikings. Vikings. Okay. Yeah. And I would I'd love to go to Scandinavia. Lapland culture is amazing because it's very similar to Alaska Native culture. Yes, so that's true. Very interested in going to Scandinavia. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Okay. And the cool thing is that they have something called shield maidens in the Viking culture back in the day. So the females would go to battle with the males. Cool. And they would kick ass and with their shields and just handle business. So I just love a lot of aspects. Yes, there was a lot of bad aspects of the Viking culture, but... I want to go up there and see this kind of untapped place. You know what I mean? Best seafood. Yeah, oh and that seafood. Take it out of the cold water Orale. with bare hands. Orale. And, um, I, and I've traveled the world, but I have not been there. So I'm, that's what I want to do. Okay, cool. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Okay, well, you have to come back. Absolutely. For sure. And Nashville. If anybody's going to be in Nashville, September 21st to 23rd, right? Yeah. and then yes. we'll, I got the dates right. Mm -hmm. But uh, Music City Eats. If I may talk to one of your 25 representatives, Helen, <laughs> to do a live podcast there. You I would have love that. to. You really? have to. Do you think they would let me do it? Absolutely. Not only that, I, sure. I know Shelly and all the folks from C3. I will set that up, get all the chefs in there, and then you just do some fire quick questions about wine and food. That would you're be so cool. You're doing that. Okay, we're I doing mean, it. I mean, I'm going to make sure that that happens. I already bought my, my or they bought my ticket, so we're already there. No, no, we got to do okay, it, I'm Helen. Because yes. everyone is going to fall in love with you the way that we fall in love with you. We're so so you are No, seriously, you are special. You two are really special. You're my family. Thank you so Thank much Thank you so for much coming. for having us. And Cheers. Cheers, saluti. Yeah. Gracias. Woo, de nada.